Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Chai Spirits, guys. I'm joined today by producer Jenny. Hey, y'all. And Chai Spirits guy himself, Stephen. Happy to be here, Parker. Great to have you. Uh, we have a really exciting topic today. We're talking about Havana Club rum. Mm. I've had this in the books for a while. Uh, it's a really interesting topic that I'm really excited to get into. Uh, one of, just a couple things first. I want to thank two of our uh, friends of the show, listeners. Uh, one of them, Brian, who provided a couple of the rums for this this tasting. Um, legally acquired, by the way. We'll get into that hmm. whole issue in a little bit. But thank you very much, Brian. And then we have a, a new mic at the table. I want to thank uh, our friend of the show, Matt, for uh, helping us out with that. Uh, we appreciate your contributions to our, uh, our fun project here. Uh, we'll remember you both when we're very, very famous. Yeah, that's awesome. So thanks, guys. And uh, yeah, I, also, you guys probably heard recently, I'm, John's not on the show tonight. I assume it's because he's still licking his wounds after the beatdown he got in our contest. I mean, it was a, it was a close match. That was a nail-biter. I mean, I, that's not how I remember it. I remember it being pretty much a landslide. <laughs> Uh, you know, um, John tried his best. Reel it in over there, buddy. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to Havana Club rum. Now, it's important that we differentiate this. So we are tasting the Cuban variety of the Havana Club rum. Now, what would be the difference between the Cuban and what's the other? Um, it is made in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. The, uh, the other Havana Club. Uh, there is a, a really elaborate backstory on that, um, which we're going to get into here in a minute. Um, but let's just get the basics of the of the brand here, and we'll kind of unravel that a little bit as as it goes. Kind of sad John isn't here with his legal background because I would have liked his take on this. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna power through without him. Um, so Havana Club was originally created in Cuba in 1934 by uh, Jose Archib. I'm gonna forgive my pronunciation. This uh, Archibala. There it is. I think he nailed it. Yep. Uh, the company was nationalized by the Cuban government without compensation by the Castro government in 1960. I think that happened a lot to a lot of businesses in Cuba I, around that I, time. I think it happened to all the businesses. In Cuba. Yeah, yeah. There is uh, some dispute as to uh, it was it at gunpoint that they nationalized their business. Um, probably would be my my, my guess. guess would be yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So. Uh, much of the family was uh, forced to leave Cuba, and uh, supposedly uh, some of them were imprisoned who did not make it out, unfortunately for them. Very so sorry about that. turns uh, out a lot of reputable and successful business owners were not super fond of state-run communism, mm -hmm. which makes sense. Yeah, I can appreciate that if yeah. you're... Things are going good for you, and then, uh, yeah. Someone comes in with an AK and mm -hmm. says, this is mine now? Yeah. I'm sorry. This is ours. Yeah, this is ours. Yeah, that's a very key distinction there. Yes. This is ours now. Uh, so this is kind of where the dueling Havana clubs comes in later. But uh, the Cuban government uh, began to sell rum abroad under the Havana Club name in 1972, uh, they focused on that brand because the company did not have other distilleries outside of Cuba from which to compete. Um, I mean, Havana Club is very well known as, like, pro I mean, easily the most famous Cuban rum. I mean, possibly outside of cigars, the, like, the most famous Cuban product. I would agree with that. Um, so, like, yeah, that's a pretty big deal. So I can appreciate why they wanted to sell it. Um, in 94, the Cuban government partnered with uh, Pernod Ricard, 
for global marketing of the brand. Really? Yes. See, now that's interesting. Yep. So just so I'm clear on this. Yep. I thought you'd have some opinions on this. <laughs> state-run government. Yep. Uh, at this point in the 90s, it would be Castro's son, right? Who's like running things. I mean, is probably still Castro in 94. In 90, even, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. It was he later had, than that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had total control until he was like, yeah, basically like, disabled. like six years ago? I don't know. When yeah, I was it, was it wasn't that long ago. It was yeah. not. So, yeah. okay, so Fidel Castro and his wisdom partners with Pernod Ricard. Yeah. Which is, from my understanding, one of the largest corporations in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. So... I wonder, well, you know, I, I kind of, I get that to some extent because you, hey, you have this product, you want to max, looking at it from a, uh, an altruistic view, I suppose, you have this product, you want to maximize its uh, value to better service the needs of your people. It behooves you to, like, you're not going to be able to change, you're not going to be able to change the, can't change the world, the world. So, but hey, you might as well make as much money on your rum as you can to help theoretically the, uh, the people of your country. More more income coming in for everyone. That's theoretically the plan. Yeah. yeah. So I I appreciate that. Um, in not so in the United States though. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, well, we have an embargo. Do we still uh, have an embargo? Yes. It's like yes. It's gray the, area now. Yeah, right? It's loosened quite a bit, is mm-hmm. my understanding. Again, I wish John was here for the if he had some background on this, but I uh, I know it's like no longer like I've I've gotten Cuban rum before when we were traveling abroad, and then you're you're allowed to bring it with you back back in other right. limits you can't you can't bring as basically they don't let you bring enough of anything that you could sell a lot of like, that it's, makes like sense. it's like hey you can't like stock a store with it but like hey you can bring back a few cigars and some bottles of rum that like enough that it's like yeah it's personal use versus mm-hmm. uh trying to sell it um there is a uh ongoing trademark battle which is really interesting feel free to like you know re- google this at home guys because it's uh a pretty interesting story that we don't have time to tell, or honestly don't have enough understanding of the details of. But uh, ongoing with Pernod Ricard, as remaining members of the family, the original family, uh, sold their recipe to Bacardi, who makes Havana Club, do air quotes, in uh, in Puerto Rico, and sells it to the United States under that name. Um, and the, again, the Cuban variety is not available. So if you go into local liquor stores here, there is a Havana Club on the shelf. It is just not these Havana clubs. It is the Puerto Rican version that uh, the original family sold a, the, I don't know, the, the recipe, a recipe to Bacardi uh, down the road, and they started making a Havana, version of Havana Club. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I prefer the Cuban version. I hate to say it. Um, I definitely don't prefer the politics around it, but uh, just based on spirit, I, uh, I, I do generally prefer the Cuban version. I'm very curious. I've so I've had the Puerto Rican version and mm-hmm. it's fine. Um but it is very much a Bacardi product, right? It yeah. is yeah. I mean, ultra it's, mass produced. It's very affordable. It's yeah, so it's affordable. Yeah. It it fills a niche. If you want a cocktail rum, it'll work. Yeah. Um yeah. uh but yeah so we're I'm real real interested to try we have a uh, we have four of the Cuban variety in front of us. Uh and and the Añejo Reserva, the seven-year, the Selección de Maestros, and a, a fourth one that is finished in, it's called Cuban Smoky, finished in uh, Isla Whiskey Casks. So I'm really excited. Very excited to try one. these four. Let's get into it. But first, just a quick word from our sponsor. 
And we're back. So in front of us, guys, we've got the Añejo Reserva. Take a look at it. I believe it is aged for four years, I think. It has a lovely color to it. Yeah. No, it's... um Beautiful gold. Yep. Nice hue there. Got like butterscotch on the nose. Mm -hmm. I do. I do mm -hmm. get that. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. What is that on the finish? Let me... Let me, cons let me consult my handy flavor wheel. I almost get a little coffee on it. Yeah. Uh, those earthy tones, coffee, yeah. tobacco. It's got a little it's, bit of a... It's not bad. Like no, I, it's, it's not my favorite, but it's not bad. I get a little mintiness to it. I don't know, that's just me, but... Uh, I Actually, as soon as you said that, I felt that on my tongue. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I get that. Just a little bit. But, you know, pretty good. Pretty good. This is the like their the entry into their line. They also make a white rum that I've had that it's quite good. I think it's aged three years. Um, we unfortunately yeah, I like the white one. Yeah, didn't have any. A little tough to get, as we discussed. Can't you can't buy it in this country. So yeah. So I am just. I feel really blessed to be able mm -hmm. to try this, as mm -hmm. it is a uh, a bit of a rarity. Yeah. Um, and that might be affecting my judgment on it. Like I I like oddities. Mm -hmm. So sure. And so, where can you get these if you can't get them in the U.S.? Um, outside the U.S. So, any is kind it of like just not the U.S.? It's everywhere else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, so, I mean, I mean, they partnered with the, you know, largest. <laughs> so, like, go to Mexico, mm -hmm. get a bottle, bring it back. Yeah. Like when we when we travel on a cruise, let's say. Yeah, you'll be we'll, be we'll be we'll be able to find that. We'll be able to. I mean, they might even have it on the ship, but I. I don't think they'll I'm have kind it. Kind of surprised, but on the ship, it's usually pretty, uh, pretty commercialized. But, stuff, uh, but. I, I, I imagine when we stop in, say Aruba, um, we'll be able to find it there. I will tell you, uh, we are going on a cruise in, in January, y'all. But the um, Grand Turk, um, their uh, duty free shop is massive, so I'm imagining I'm, I'm you'll gonna, be. I'm going to save all my American dollars for for that. I think you should. For and you know what, I'm just hoping we'll find some stuff that we can do another podcast episode for. That's, See now, life goals. Yeah, the, <laughs> the lens through which I look at the world. <laughs> but overall, pretty good. You know, not bad. This, yeah. this is solid for a mm -hmm. four year rum. I want a cocktail with it. Like, what's the what's the price point on that? No idea. Okay. Uh, it's not not very much. Yeah, yeah it can't be <laughs> not that but, expensive. But uh, my my guess would be like twenty bucks. Okay. But again, where are you gonna buy it at? That is the question, right? <laughs> because, and I understand communism is very scary, and heaven forbid, we consume products in the United States that have been made by state-funded labor. Easy comment. <laughs> hey, I'm not a tanky, but. I'll leave it there. And and moving on. <laughs> Listen, I'm not the one making our international foreign policy. Like, I like Cuban rum. Cuban cigars would do amazing. Imagine uh, if you could sell Cuban cigars. Yeah, I, I mean that would be great. That would be great. But I appreciate there's a little more going on there. So, Fair. hopefully someday, because it is a great product that I think the the good people, certainly of Chicago and. Uh, and elsewhere would uh, would love to enjoy. Anyway, on to our next item here, the Havana Club Seven Year in Yeho. Um, this one's a little darker than the first one. Yeah, it shows. Mm -hmm. I've had this before. It's very good. Again, this is under thirty dollars if you buy it in a 
Oh man, where we can buy it. So if, In, it, if go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I feel like it smells like the last one, but just like more intense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Richer. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's the better word for it. Same same notes. Turn that volume up to eleven because yeah. eleven is higher than ten. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, a little little deeper. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's deeper in color too, so I mm-hmm. feel like that just kind of but yeah, I, I, I all makes some, sense. I get some of that mintiness again. I get a little bit of that. Uh, I can kind of see that coffee you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I just got a hint of it on the finish. A little caramel. Oh, that's nice. Definitely some carbonness. Like the, mm. the, the texture is very good. Mm-hmm. Very silky, very yeah. velvety. It coats the palate. So yeah. Most of the time, I like to drink. Um, if I'm sipping something, I want like an ice cube in it. I don't need one for this. No, I, I honestly wouldn't add any water to this. No, it's really no. good, really well, smooth. It's, it's only eighty proof, so it is definitely mm-hmm. not a. Uh, not designed to uh, be super hot. To overwhelm you, yeah. Mm-hmm. So very easy drinking. Yeah, I mean, that is, right, like, just a quintessential dark rum. Mm-hmm. It's So I don't, so, like, I want to say it's, like, it's kind of syrupy, and I don't mean that in, like, the, I mean it in the way that it coats my tongue. Like, mm-hmm. it just kind of takes its time, and I don't know, that might not be the right word, but, like, the flavor kind of overtakes the tongue slowly, and it's nice. Yeah, it has a, a lovely that, viscosity to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is, that's a great rum. Mm-hmm. If, if you are traveling abroad and you come across one, you yeah. can buy it. Havana it's, Club 7-year, it's, it's just... Yeah, it's not that expensive. It's delightful. In your friendly, duty-free shop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, next up, we've got the... Uh, oh, I do have a little bit, actually, in this. I was so en- enchanted by the uh, the rum, I forgot to look at my notes here. Um, the 7-year... Production actually takes 14 years, with the youngest rum being seven years. So it's a blend of between seven and 14 year. Wow. And they're, so from my understanding, although it might be different outside the States, but the TTP here, you can get kind of creative with the age statement on rum. Uh, yeah, we've mentioned this in, in one or two of the previous rum episodes, that uh, some of the, the rules that govern, say, scotch and bourbon... Do not govern rum. It's a little more of the Wild West in, uh, in how like a lot of rums will have age statements that are not necessarily super accurate. Like we always like to reference Zacapa 23, which I believe is a blend of anywhere from 6 to 23-year-old rum. So there is some 23-year-old in there, but it's certainly not all 23, whereas with bourbon, you have to use the age of the youngest thing in there. So they're being much, you know, a little more upfront about what's yeah, I going think, on Yeah, I think that's pretty noble. Yeah. I, uh, I really appreciate it. And that. then one other note on that seven-year, they blend single barrels for blending instead of the, using the Solera system, which you see a lot of. So that actually is very unique. Yeah. I, I was just going to ask, so it's a Solera system, right? But no. No, no. I, that is... Normally you would see that and they, and they just they got a, a barrel of 14, a couple barrels of seven, a couple barrels of anything in between, and they put it all together. So more like a whiskey blend. Um, a little bit, yeah. Can yeah. you remind me what the Solera system is? I would be happy to. So the Solera system, which you see a lot in rum, and you're starting to see a little bit in uh, in American whiskeys, is where you are aging things, then combining them, and then aging them more. So let's say I I was going to age something. I, I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old of my distillate aging. I blend those together in a, in a barrel together. And now technically it's like an average of four years. But, and then I age those again for, let's say, another two years. And that's like, well, how old is that, is that sure. spirit? It's like, well, there's some eight-year in there, but then there's also some four-year in there. 
And it's kind of hard to say, which the idea being like, it's all about how the blend makes the best product. We're not really worried about putting an exact number on there. Right. But people do care about how many years things have been aged. Like people talk about that as something that's yeah, important. I mean, it, so I feel like yeah, well, it's just kind of complicated. But that's why you you don't see it a lot outside of rum. And rum blending is like a, a huge deal. That is how you get the flavor you want. Mm-hmm. And bourbon's starting to do more of that. I know we had a conversation, um, John and I once, with uh, Jackie Zykin from uh, Old Forester at mm-hmm. an event we were at well. A while back, I remember that. Yeah, and, that was an uh, interesting night. And we were talking, we were talking about blending, and uh, how it's kind of the future, really, because it's um, you know it's so hard to just have a bunch of really old bourbon sitting around, especially with how the popularity of it. It's like you know you can you can really discover better flavors if you have the freedom to um, experiment with you know combining various ages and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it really it, opens it up to. It also helps with consistency with rum. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard people mm-hmm. compare Solera to. Uh, soup like the thousand year broth right okay like this idea that you have a broth and you keep it going and you take from it and you add to it but this in japan they'll have soup like ramen chops where they say like for a hundred years we've been working off the same broth okay that would be a solara system of soup of soup Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it helps keep rum specifically rum but anything very consistent they Mm. can add and remove and meddle with to keep like very, you said, these yep. average age statements. Yeah, very true. So it, it, there is a lot of a lot of good things about blending. I know it's really cool to have the super old single barrel of something, but there is some benefit to uh, to blending, certainly in rum. Anyway, so that was my my stint on that. Uh, next, we have the Selección de Maestros. This bottle is a little fancier than the first two. It is striking, right? Mm-hmm. It's got a pretty got that fancy royal label. that royal blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find. I was looking Looks for the word royal. for that. It is royal, royal blue. blue. Yep. Somebody brought this to my rum-themed birthday party, <laughs> and uh, was kind enough to uh, leave us half a bottle. Okay. That I don't remember. I was there. Yep. Yep. There was a lot of rum. Uh, a lot of rum had. <laughs> there was evening. a lot of "It's gonna be May" oh, being yeah. sang. Okay, actually, well, because that's... it was on April thirtieth, mm-hmm. and mm. I have some videos. That I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need. Am we I need, on those videos? Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna need to <laughs> do some, some scrubbing. Uh, our, yeah. We we had a lot of uh, renditions of it's. Uh, we were very excited. It was about to be May first. Apparently. Yeah. We had a lot of fun renditions of it's gonna be May. Yeah. So for the last like half hour of the night, the boys kept playing that song over and over again until they got the. The song, the, the singing of it, harmony, the four part it's harmony, so good. perfect. And um, something tells me it wasn't perfect. Then when I asked them to stop playing it, they were like, "No, we have to do it until midnight." And then mm-hmm. I was just like, "Seems reasonable." I'm, I give up. I don't I, know. I don't, <laughs> don't, I don't envy our neighbors that evening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're fine. Uh, from what I recall, those neighbors were terrible. So no, 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 no. They weren't terrible. They were great. They just were loud. Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> fine. Loud um, is fine. Yeah, but uh, now we're the assholes on the top floor. So right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So Selección de Maestros. Mm-hmm. So a team chose their favorite aged Havana Club barrels, blended them, recast them twice before bottling them at barrel strength. Oh, now this I'm excited about. Can can one of you guys read for me the proof on that? I think it's I think I saw ninety. Uh, yep, mm-hmm. ninety so, proof. So, so forty-five. So, so coming out of the barrel at ninety proof. Okay. Smells good. I get more. I get butterscotch again, but I get a little more of like a nutty something, too. 
Yeah, is it hazelnut? Well, jo- jo- if John were here, he'd say almond. Yeah, he thinks everything is almond. A little bit of almond. Is his significant other slowly poisoning him, or no? That's me. <laughs> oh, that's me. <laughs> that tracks. Okay, let's give this a try. But yeah, I know I, I agree with you. I get a little bit of that. Oh, just a hint of it. maybe hazelnut is the right thing because it's got a little bit of uh, like a dessert themed. Yeah, no yeah. nut going on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to be used with that's these delightful um, chocolate covered macadamia nuts I have here for uh, after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See now that is it's delightful. That is just rich, and I I love the story behind it of these blenders and distillers picked their favorite mm. barrels and then they combine those. Mm. Like, so I feel like on this one, I still get some of that butterscotch, but I get um, what do I get there? I had it in my brain and I forgot. I like some spice. Uh, yeah, there's a definitely a little a little hint of spice in the finish there. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little warmth. That's also the, the heat coming through a little bit too. Yeah, but I uh, like that. I like this one better than the first two. Maybe even a little um, maybe clove kind of thing going on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. I'm getting mm-hmm. Christmassy vibes from this. Tis the season, right? Maybe maybe mm-hmm. it's the tablecloth. Yeah, the Christmas tree. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's the vibe. But it is yeah, it is. Christmas is vastly approaching at the time of recording of this. Mm-hmm. When this gets released, it'll. It'll be pretty, pretty close. It'll too. be within right a couple days. Yep. Close. Well, happy Yule, everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Merry mm-hmm. Christmas. Mm-hmm. As, as you know, I'm a big fan of Christmas. Mm. I do know this. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, that should be stated on the record. <laughs> uh, Parker, big fan of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was his idea to do the Christmas beer episode. Indeed. Uh, so tri- that's a great rum, though. I like that. So yeah, triple barrel aged. Pretty so, cool. Very cool. My like. I relatively recently started experimenting with grog recipes. I'm listening. And this would be perfect. It would be, it's almost a shame to want to blend something so unique, Mm -hmm. but the flavor profile with just a little bit of lime, just a hint of sugar, and a hint of delusion would... Well, I'm not going to lie, I love that idea for our upcoming... Uh, rum cocktail episode. Oh, we got to do a grog. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I have to do the painkiller. I've uh, so I, good. I ride for that every day of the week. But yes, a, a wonderful grog is great. I know uh, a few a few people have got some interesting um, recipe ideas for that one. So uh, I am very excited about that episode whenever it comes to fruition. That might be like a February March one where it's like, hey, it's there's snow outside. Let's make something. Tropical. Oh, we're tired of all I love of this. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna need that. Yeah. That's, um, I'm going to need a drink that needs an umbrella. And we have umbrellas for that. <laughs> See, now, now we're talking. Now we're thinking with portals. Kiff, that's what makes it a scotch on the rocks. <laughs> Make it again. We've got, we do have one tiki, tiki uh, cup up there. We need to get some yeah, more. We're, we're trying not to use that word. Oh, not. The, yeah, they're, they're really coming off of tiki Was right now. Oh, okay. Is that, tiki yeah. got canceled? Yeah, kind of. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. So we're, Sorry, so we're, everybody. So we're leaning towards <laughs> tropical. Tropical. The, so I was going to ask, what is the... I'd say, what's the replacement? I think it's tropical. tropical I, I know that... Um, sounds pretty neutral. One of our favorite rum bars nearby mm-hmm. recently kind of transitioned out of the whole tiki thing into more of a tropical... LL? Yeah. 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 Well, Lost Lake are big fan of... Huge. of the Show is the big fan of them. I don't know that they listen to the show yet, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, the show is a huge, huge fan, fan of them. them. Absolutely. But... uh. 
wonderful rum. And now, fourth we have, and certainly not least, the Isla Scotch finished rum. They call it Cuban Smoky. Uh, they have, this goes back down to 80 proof. Can I borrow that bottle? Yeah. Because in my notes I've got, it's finished in Isle Scotch barrels. That's all I've got. <laughs> I couldn't find a ton of information on this. Um, there's a little little blurb on the back of the bottle, though. Cuban Smoky is a truly rule-breaking rum due to aging in whiskey barrels from the Scottish island of Isla. Results in extraordinary to taste, rich, sweet, and then this is blocked by a sticker that's on here. <laughs> Strong, smoky, neat on the rocks, and spice with ginger something. Okay. Oh, ginger ale. There we go. I can kind of see through it. Um, so there is some cocktail advice on here, but also, um, you know, the combination of rich, sweet, and smoky is what they're purporting. Let's see if if we get... Let me just tell you, I smell smoke. Do you? Because I'm not getting... Really? Yeah. I think a little bit. A, li- a little. I was expecting... No, it's not, it's not over the top, but yeah, I definitely I get it. Yeah, I was expecting more. Yeah. It's it's definitely lighter than you would expect. Like that description, you think, oh man, this is going to be like drinking an Isle of Scotch. I feel like I get some fruit on the nose of some sort oh, too. Oh, I get more of the peat though on the palate. I get a little bit of leather, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't disagree with that fruit note. Is a little bit of like what is the fruit flavor wheel? Reveal yourself to me. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's not berries. It's kind of subtle though. It's almost like apricot or... Yeah, maybe like a fr- fresh Apricot fruit. or something. I don't know. I'm not even sure apricot about Apricot or like peach or something? Yeah. I don't think it's peach. Stone fruit? Mm-hmm. I just love apricot. I, I know. Apricot. I want it to be apricot and maybe that's why I'm saying that. Hmm. But, that is very interesting. Well, yeah. Not, like there the, is definitely some smoke on the palate, but it's, again, pretty subtle. Very subtle. But mm-hmm. I like that. I think it's good. Yeah, for the the folks who aren't super into like you, I I see Isla Scotch on a bottle, and I assume a certain level of peat. Yep. and this is a yep. this is a nice, easy peat. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I don't know if I would know. No, I probably would. I was gonna say I don't know if I would even know if this was a rum, just because it's not super sweet. So I I don't know if I would. If I just if somebody put this in front of me and I drank it, like I don't know if I would be like, oh, I know what that is. Um, I, I, I would know it was a rum, but it's um something different. It is definitely something different, which we love here at Trash yeah. guys. Yeah. And uh, I I'm here for it. I actually really want to try this in some cocktails. Um, you definitely can sip on it. I'm. What kind of what kind of cocktail would you want? Well, I would first love to try this in an old fashioned. Yeah, okay. this is a no, rum old fashioned. It yeah. would. Kill it, yeah, and, and that might be a post game, uh, yeah, after we're done here, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I might want to mess with that, yeah, we, if, might, uh, we, we might have to see what's what with that, mm-hmm. and then, of course, you know, maybe a revolver, a little bit of that, you and your revolvers, you know man. What? I'm here for like a little bit of that, uh, that coffee liqueur, a little bit of that orange bitters. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, it's a great cocktail, I know you love it but, so but much. It's <laughs> about the, the bourbon for a smoky Cuban rum, which I don't know, well, how would that taste? The way to find out. Yep. <laughs> I found me- with rum and mezcal are these lovely whiskey substitutes that no one told me about until very recently. Yeah, yeah. Where I, you can sub whiskey for rum and just cocktail as is, go. It's yeah. gonna be good. I, I recommend a lot of that kind of stuff at my work for uh, people looking for spirits. It's like, oh, what can I do with like this? Can I? I was like, like I love rum old fashioned. That's one of my favorite cocktails, um, and I love a mezcal negroni. 
Oh, that changed my world. Mezcal yeah. Negroni is great. I mm. like so I like using mezcal in like sub subbing that into cocktails where the other ingredients are kind of strong. Mm-hmm. Because like when you like for instance, like a Moscow mule, like ginger beer can be a really strong flavor and it kind of mutes whatever else that you is there. But if, if you use mezcal in it, It'll hold up. It'll to hold that. up to it. Right. So like I kinda like the idea of using it. If, Same with like a Negroni. If, mm-hmm. if you're pitching me the idea of let's do an alternate spirit cocktail night where I'm in. I'm, I'm in. here for it. Yeah. Ooh, that, uh, I would like to be uh yeah, that, requesting to be on that episode. That would be fantastic. I think I mean, is it an episode or is it just a party? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh but cool. What, okay, so of the four, guys, what's your favorite? Maestros. Me too. It's just I could sip. I could sip it. I could cocktail it. It's yeah. No, it's that awesome. it's so good, and it's it. The sweetness is a little more muted on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not going to get tired of it. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to go seven year. Yeah. I I not and I enjoy all of these. The four year is def or the in the reserva is definitely the uh, the the weaker of them, but you'd expect that. Uh, honestly, the three, year, the, the three year is great in a Cuba Libre. Uh, mm-hmm. I've had that a number of times, but uh, that uh, that seven year is just delightful. I I know it's hotter the um, the Selección, but uh, I and you know not that it's like overly hot. It's only ninety proof. But yeah, I just something about that seven year. It is just the I could drink eight of those and I'd be just fine. Yeah, I I just think that for me the the Maestros the Selección is a little bit because it has a I do like the higher proof on it and I'm not always one who wants the highest proof, but like for this particular scenario, I really liked that, um, little extra burn. Agreed. I think it, I think it cuts a little bit of that, like sugary sweetness with being a slightly higher proof. And for me personally, that is a, a profile I would more consistently drink. Yeah. Having said that. It's a really close battle between that and the seven. Yeah. Yeah. You're not throwing either of those at a, out of your bar. That's no, like I would be deli- I would be delighted to have all of these yeah, exactly. on my back bar. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. For sure. None of these are losers in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But No, that was fun. I liked all of, I liked to taste all of those. That was great. All right, really cool guys. Well, you feel free to uh, give us your thoughts at uh chispiritsguys@gmail.com or feel free to add us at chispiritsguys on Instagram. If you have, you know, ideas for new episodes, questions for the the, the guys, uh, we'd love to hear them. And uh, yeah, this was this was fun, guys. We'll see you guys next time here at Chai Spirits, guys. Cheers. <laughs>